0: To see for yourselves, one of the
1: most amazing events.
2: When is this great experiment for made? Impervious to heat, impossible to move. Is it human or inhuman? Yes. Gentlemen, do you realize what we've found? It's
3: time for the weekly Drummy Podcast.
4: And welcome to our review of the year So, a little bit different from normal We're going to be each picking a film and TV series That we think was rather good in 2018 And we've got some special categories as well coming up
5: Welcome, welcome to the show, hey.
4: Joining me, Mr Keen Bluefield. Hello Mr Philip Ellis Hi Mr Lee Price Hello Mr Guy Halford
5: All
4: right. Mr Graham Woods Good evening And Mr Callan Danes So, shall we kick things off? Films first?
6: Let's do
2: it.
4: Keith, what was your runner-up and film of the year?
2: Okay, so um, my runner-up kind of, I think, is is what we're going to see a lot more of. It was a film that ended up on Netflix. Uh, Didn't really get a theatrical release uh, in the UK. But I have picked the Coen Brothers' The Ballad of Buster Scraggs as my runner-up film. um, Which I've seen very recently, but hugely enjoyed. It was uh, a great Movie that I really liked, but I'm picking for my number one film of the year, avoiding any of the kind of obvious choices. I've gone for uh, Mr. Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible Fallout, Ooh. Mm. Um, just because that's been a, a good series. You know, it's been going for quite a, a while now. It's had various directors. This is the first time they've had a returning director with Christopher McQuarrie.
4: And is it going to be a trilogy of films as well as well? It?
2: It's a trilogy in terms of the film that started with um, Brad Bird's. So it was. Um, Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, and then Fallout. So Fallout kind of finishes up the this, this cycle that they've got into. Uh, but I just enjoyed it because it was just pure um, action adventure in the tradition of good action films. A lot of uh, physical effects. Um, you know, reasonably good cast, although Ving Rhames doesn't get to do as much as he should in the movie. Um, yeah, that's just
4: a paycheck for him now. He just mm-hmm. turns up, does ten minutes, and goes home. Yeah, just one, he gets to one keep day the hat. <laughs>
2: um, but I thought it was a well-constructed, good spy film, you know, considering over the past... However many years I've been very disappointed with the likes of James Bond or um, Malcolm Bourne, whatever his name is, he forgets <laughs> so, so do I. Um, I just like, you know, it's a good good proper spy kind of action-adventure movie that um, is, is great. And the guy that did the music, who's a, a guy from Scotland, um, really kind of used all of the kind of cues from the TV series and all that in there. So there was a very good kind of two hours of entertainment in the cinema, kind of, you know, big special effects, A-list star, um, Good stuff. So I was thoroughly enthralled uh, by that.
4: Mm-hmm. I mean, we did our little homage a few months ago. We
2: did, we did. Oh yeah, yeah. our little Mission Impossible thing.
0: Yes. The, the legendary toilet fight. <laughs> we weren't fighting toilets. We were fighting each other in the
6: toilet. Thank you for clarifying. I just.
0: thought, <laughs> <laughs> They
4: came to life, filled. It was a
6: worrying time. That sounds like the worst Doctor Who story. <laughs> of the fighting Isn't toilets.
3: Isn't that just ripped straight from Captain Underpants? Are <laughs> <order>? <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> References.
3: Are you, are you excited for a potential seventh instalment
5: where Tom Cruise has basically said he's taken it to the next level?
2: I can't imagine how they can take it to. The Didn't he
4: retire level. like four films ago? And that was the whole point. He wasn't an active field agent four
2: films ago He was trading. Yeah, well, that's any spy who's in any movie. They've handed in their badge and their gun, and that's, they get brought out of retirement. But it's just quite good, because you do, halfway through the movie, you do see the point where he broke his ankle when he was diving across roofs. Yeah, that was the yeah, yeah, they take they used, wasn't it? Yeah, which is kind of like, you can see it, and you're just like, Phew, ow. Um, uh, that that was pretty, pretty great. But the stuff with the helicopters and all the rest of it, and, mm-hmm. you know... Um, Considering he hasn't been put to much use in the DC universe, it was quite good to see uh, Superman actually kind of doing something a little bit more interesting. I
4: think he was a solid addition to the cast.
2: Yeah, you know, and they forgot about Jeremy Renner. uh, Yeah, so that was it. But you know, you've got Alec Baldwin in there as well. So it, it it was just, it was just. Fun. It was entertainment, which is what I want from cinema sometimes, is just to be entertained for a couple of hours.
0: What is it with large franchises? Forgetting Jeremy Renner? <laughs> 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 What's the man done? I thought he was so okay. I think he's
4: just that small. They like just put him in the wardrobe. And the- <laughs> <laughs> it's like
0: Marvel forgot Jeremy Renner. I know, but it was a better film for
1: it.
5: Was re- was, Perhaps. Re- was Renner's big film of the year tag, which I enjoyed, but it like, was a great film, but is that was that his big film of the year tag?
6: I think it was. Yeah. I I think I must have missed that one completely Uh John Ham's in it as well, isn't he? Love a bit of ham
5: Yeah
6: Good old John Ham A ham sandwich (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please You can split it
4: (laughs) (laughs) Phil, what was your runner-up and film of the year?
6: So, the film I just want to give a mention to It's not particularly geeky But it's a movie that everyone who saw it loved it Crazy Rich Asians Great um, film. Great, great movie. Just a really fun rom-com. Um, Michelle Yeoh doing what she does best, which is just steal every scene she's in. Um, and then my favourite film of the year, uh, and I had to actually Google this, like, did it come out this year? Because it's been a long one. Um, February is Black Panther.
0: Yeah, you forget that kind of mm-hmm. this year. Yeah.
6: I mean, we've had Infinity yeah. War since then, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point <laughs> on the show. But yeah, so Black Panther, it's probably one of my favourite Marvel films because it's sort of, Bar a couple of scenes, it lifts it entirely out of that ongoing Marvel continuity and it just tells a brilliant self-contained story which we have not had in a very long time in that universe. Um, the casting of Chadwick Boseman, he's brilliant, but ultimately it was just like the women in that film are so incredible. Denai Guerrera, Leticia Wright and um, Lupita Nyongo and Angela Bassett, they are the all stars of that movie. Um, and yeah, it was just it was phenomenal. The the Uh, visual design um, just everything about it Michael Bay Jordan and his scars it's just yeah it's a great movie um, and I I can't wait to see what they do with that character next after they undust him (laughs)
4: <laughs> so it's been interesting to see Marvel's turned away from having the big thematic lines this year. We've had that in Ant Man and the Wasp, which I'm sure we're going to talk about as well. Yeah, it's been more self-contained stories within the wider universe rather I think than having to link so much stuff.
6: Because so. they've done so much work and moved so much furniture in, kind of having the big saga um, and have everything leading up to Infinity War. I think they they realise we need a few paces. We need some a change of tone a, a change. Of yeah, just a, just and and just to breathe some sort of fresh life. Into that whole series, and Black Panther did that phenomenally.
5: Do you think it's gonna get Oscar? It, it, it's been it's scouted. It, it's, you har- it will.
6: it's hard to tell because I mean it, it's a great, great movie. The ac- there are there are some brilliant performances in it. I mean, I think in, just in terms of um, visuals and everything, the costume design definitely deserves an award. The way that they created this fictional yeah. country and made it feel so real. So maybe I mean it's a, it's a genre film, and they sort of tend to get. Overlooked. Um,
5: I'd like to see it in the best picture category, though. I, I mean, think we'd I, like to. See I think it's earned its
0: place there, hasn't
6: it? I, 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 I think it has. I mean, um, Ryan Coogler is, uh, and he's a respected director. and I think that might sort of stand, like, sort of do it some favors. The fact that it's um, a really respectable cast, a really respected director. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it needs to get some kind of recognition because it, it, the, the work that film did and everything about it paid off. Um, so yeah, that, that's my favorite film of the year.
7: Lee. What was your runner up from the film of the year? Okay, my runner up was um, Isle of Dogs, uh, which um saw recently, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. And um, But my film of the year is A Quiet Place, which Ooh. is a um, horror movie um, set in a post apocalyptic world, pretty much completely silent all the way through. That oh, I'm m- yet to say this, so do I need y- to cover my ears? Yeah, spoiler yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, I'll try and avoid too many spoilers, but um, it is...
4: I, I do feel so sorry for John Krasinski, because he's still Jim from The Office, yes, regardless yeah. of whatever is yeah.
6: going oh, yeah, to be. But, he, but he's fine now. Yeah,
7: But that movie is basically just all sound design. It is just, so much of it is just quiet, like, deathly quiet, just because of the, the nature of what the film is and what the story is. And when sound does come in, it means something, and it it makes you just sit up and that movie is just tense the whole way through as a result of it. So I don't, I think there hasn't really been many films this year that have kind of stuck with me like that one did in the way that it just tense the whole way through. So that's mine.
3: I do
5: need to see that? Yeah, you know, I mean, it I is wrote, amazing. I kind of wrote, wrote, wrote it off as just being a bit of a bit of a trashy horror film to begin with, but I mm. feel like maybe I have missed the boat here.
6: Um So everyone I've spoken to who's seen it says they were basically stressed the entire way. Because yes, the, the, exactly. The way it yeah. ratchets up the tension, but also like um apparently John Krasinski and Emily Blunt do put in some solid oh, acting yeah, work as well.
7: Definitely. I
2: quite like that. Post this, everybody was kind of like going, "They they should be the kind of." Uh, Reed and Sue Richards couple for any kind of reboot could, of the Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. That would quite yes. nicely. Oh god, yeah. That would I, really worked. I it. really enjoyed *The Quiet Place* while I was watching it, but I think what happened afterwards was when I thought about it after, there were things that I was like, uh, "Okay." Mm. So I think I think don't um, don't try to unravel it too much. or p- apply just too much avenues. kind of yeah. logic and it, kind of what would you do in that situation? It so is just it is just a
7: really it. good experience in yeah. A film. Yeah.
2: I think I wish I'd seen it in a cinema because uh, I saw it on mm-hmm. Blu ray a bit later in the year. And I think it would have been as a, as a crowd, everybody together being mm-hmm. silent and having yeah. to kind of listen to it properly, I think would have definitely amped up that tension. I feel like it's the sleeper hit of the year as well.
5: Like it's the mm-hmm. one that kind of just did really well, mm-hmm. but still, but in Laredo, yeah, yeah, come up on
2: people. I think it's a bit more like Get Out was in mm. terms of yeah. that kind yeah. of um, yeah. Yeah. It kind of people didn't really
4: not a massive it. budget, but yeah, doing well with it. Callum, what I was can't your wait things? for this, I've seen you know
3: this. <laughs> Okay, so my, my runner up is Black Panther for all the reasons that you mentioned. Yeah. Um and my movie of the year, I don't know why you're smirking about it, it's not that funny a pick. Is Incredibles two. <laughs> you're you're wrong. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's not a good movie. It's, no, but genuinely, like, I think this is the best. Bar Terminator 2. This was the best thing my parents took me to see over the summer. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's the best sequel that wasn't required, but that delivered. I <laughs> think uh, Finding
4: was, Dory is the best sequel that wasn't what required.
3: was that sentence? <laughs> this was the best sequel that wasn't required. Yeah, that's right. It's it, an isn't? unnecessary sequel, but it was a good sequel. Wow. And I think it stands in testament at least equal to the first one I think this wow. is
4: the signs that P- Pixar are running out of creativity a little bit
3: again it's another one I'm yet to see, see I,
4: I, and probably won't
5: I, I'd argue it's, it's
4: going to be Christmas TV fodder for years to can. come
5: I mean I'm not going to trash on it because we all know my opinion I, I saw it as a secret screen and I like, hated it but what, why did you like it because I just couldn't get on with it because
3: I, f- I think that it builds on the story that they tried to tell with the first one um, ...with regards to social commentary... ...but that it's been adapted in a way... ...that is more suited to the modern world around us. So we see, um, obviously, Elastigirl... ...taking over being the hero... ...and um, Miss, Mr Incredible... ...sort of taking this supportive, caring family role... And I don't think we see that so much in films... ...in regards to, yes, having a strong female lead but showing that it's alright for men to sort of have this caring side and to take on the sort of nurturing family role that um, more traditionally has been given to females. So it's Mr Mum, but animated. <laughs> 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 I'm say he needs to watch Mr Mum. <laughs> I feel like you're,
5: you're right about Elastigirl being a strong character. In it, but do, you, do you not feel it look, look, looked a bit outdated, like a, like a crap computer game? I liked that though. No. and I feel like it was like way like they left it way too long. Like this was like what fourteen years between sequels? It was, a long and time. I would
3: have I would have preferred it to be sooner. But like, I feel like it was worth it. Like a lot of films that I don't think any other film released fourteen years after the first one would be worth it. How old were you when uh, the first one came out? Seven. Wow. Oh, wow. Some fun memories <laughs> for yeah. you. then. Yes. Wow. Yes. It's a, it's a place of my childhood oh, I'm
4: depressed Moving mm. along, Graham
3: Right, um, so my, my runner up
0: is uh, Also a Netflix um, Property It's the uh, Alex Garland film Annihilation Ooh. Oh, That was a beautiful film
6: I still need to see this I have this. no idea what happened yeah. but it was really fun to look at <laughs> That's exactly how I felt I was,
0: just, I was confused the entire time But it was beautiful confusion um so it's a kind of time shifty horror-y, fantasy sci-fi kind it's quite unclassifiable but um yeah the visuals in the film are stunning it stars uh, natalie portman jennifer jason lee tessa thompson a very it's a very female led film um oscar isaac has a smaller role in it um but yeah it was genuinely unnervingly creepy in places um, there's a certain scene with a bear which I won't oh, spoil. Sure. If anyone it's it's so troubling, isn't it? It's that scene is yeah, nightmarish.
4: Uh, the visuals are absolutely stunning. In this film, and I, I'm quite upset, upset we didn't get a big screen release of this over here in the UK. So I think that would have yeah. looked so much nicer on oh, a God, big yeah. screen.
2: I don't I don't think it would have got an audience though. It, mm. It's a hard sell to mm. to a UK audience. I think I think the the fact that multiplexes are have got so many other properties in. I think yeah. annihilation would have just got completely lost. In yeah, that. It's, you can't
0: pigeonhole it. It's difficult to market, isn't yeah. it? Um yeah. But it's really worth the effort. It really is. <laughs> um,
6: and what is your main pick of m- the year? My main pick is uh, Halloween. Hey, yeah. yeah, I almost, I almost okay. um, put that on my list as well. Because
4: it's quite interesting. Because we were talking to Ray Santiago back at MCM, and he wasn't a fan of this.
0: Wow. No. Yeah. Well, I, well, I'm. I'm not the biggest horror person. Mm. Um, I tend not to go and see horror movies, and I certainly don't see them at the cinema, but this one I made a point of going to see because I think the marketing and the trailers around it, um, they really made it look like it was going to be worth watching.
6: I mean, talk about you know, Incredibles two coming out fourteen years later. This is thirty years exactly. since the first one. I mean, yeah. obviously, there's been a lot of sequels, which they essentially retconned in one line of dialogue. Which I, yeah. I love the audacity of them just saying none of that was real. It was beautiful. <laughs> was it such
0: a bold move?
6: Yeah. Um, but Jamie, yeah, uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, so so good. Yeah, Judy, um, Judy Greer, uh, Judy was like Greer as well. so so good. And yeah, it was just like it was everything I wanted. I I I jump very easily, so I love slasher films, I'm not a huge fan of like, Paranormal Activity and all those, but a good slasher is what I love, and I grew up watching Halloween and Scream and and and, and all those sort of, you know, yeah. homages to basically the John Carpenter classic, and yeah I, I loved it.
0: I, yeah, I think it, it was shot beautifully <coughs> um, uh, really well made, great performances throughout, again another film led by a strong female cast um, it felt classy, which is not something slasher movies often achieve, but this mm. it felt polished and well made and beautifully shot and uh yeah stand out film i'm I'm glad I saw it on the big screen a- absolute favorite of the year for me
4: Guy,
1: europe
5: see uh it's the indie pick time this is, uh, classic two indie uh runner up was uh Noe's climax uh that was a hell of a hell of a trip to watch. I felt like I was on drugs watching it. Um, it's nice to see him doing something which isn't so extreme for once, which you can actually go and bear without you know, thinking.
6: Something terrible doesn't happen to Monica Bellucci. Yeah, I mean, something does, <laughs> terrible
5: does happen, and it, but it wasn't <laughs> as extreme as i like, But it wasn't basically. to Monica Bellucci Monica this time. Involved, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, Climax is brilliant when it, it's out, Blu-ray, early next year, it's worth a watch. It's it's, it's mental. Uh, but for film of the year for me, it was the, probably the most vile and disgusting film of the year, which is Phantom Thread um so Daniel Day Luce's last film and Paul Thomas Anderson another film by him who I love but this film is dis- it's just despicable it's disgusting in every single way and that's what I loved about it it left me with a, a horrible icky taste in my mouth and that's what I loved about it and I watched it again recently I still felt the same and I was waiting for my partner Laura to watch it and feel the same horrible feeling I did so it presents itself as this lush romantic story it's set in the world of dressmaking, it's in the fifties, it looks beautiful. So you get drawn into this sort of like almost beautiful period piece of a world. But what you're actually watching is two extremely vile, repulsive, toxic characters who will do no- who they're just obsessed with each other and will just do nothing but continually hurt each other, mm. be extraordinarily disgusting in their actions, just to just to get what they need from each other. There's there's no love in what they have, it's just it's just a disgusting, toxic, it's do, a hateful do, film, isn't it? Yeah, it's code. They're, they're yeah. dependent on each other, and I feel like you gradually—the the woman in the film, she's maybe not necessarily—you don't see that side to her at first, but then as the film progresses, the, just the two sides of these people when they're together is just it's disgusting. I just felt wrong at the end of the film. I felt like I'd watch something sordid and horrible, but it's not. People, I think people presented it as being like a Fifty Shades of Grey type. Oh, it's all like, you know, 50 shades of grey
3: Kinky No, yeah, but it's
5: like, no, it's just, it's
0: just nasty. Way better observed than that. Yeah. And it's one of those few films where there is not a single likable character on screen no. at any point. There is no sympathy for anybody. You're not rooting for anybody in that film. You just, you are, like you say, you are watching a group of people just ruin each other. It's, it is, yeah, it's stunning.
5: It is. It, stunning film. I think, like, for Daniel, Lu- Daniel Lewis' best, it's not his best work, but I think it's a good film to go out on. Paul Thomas Anderson I think is a genius Keeper, I know you're not that big a fan like I am but I think like he continues to make a different type of film every time They're yeah. always brilliant.
2: I mean my biggest problem is, is, is exactly what Graham was saying I find it difficult to, to connect to to films where I just do not have any empathy for any of the characters on, on, on screen it's why I mean this is in a sense this is an exploitation flick in the tradition of kind of you know Last House on the Left and that kind of stuff it is kind of it's a very provoking type of movie but just because I've just got no sympathy for anybody it's like I just I don't why why I just find no emotional connection I need something to connect me to those characters mm. otherwise it just becomes I become very cold towards it and it's like why I just I mean I can understand that it's very it's very alienate,
5: alienating because yeah. you get bought, you get bought in as an illusion you're watching a love story but you're not yeah. Um, but no, I thought it was a fantastic
6: piece of work. Yeah, the, the marketing for that was incredibly misleading. Cause I haven't seen it, but I was led to believe that it basically is um, a sort of. I watched the trailer, and I was like, "Oh, this is clearly about a guy who's a bit of a creep." But it's it, it looks like it's sort of basically a, like an epic sort of, you know, like the story of their relationship, um, but it, it, not, it, in a very kind of not. fancy way.
5: <laughs> no, it's just disgusting.
6: Well, I mean, I, I feel like you and I go for, to the cinema for a very different experience. <laughs> All the films you like, you're like, yeah I left feeling really uncomfortable and unhappy and that was great, and I'm like I just want to be entertained. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I, I, the best description I read of it was that um, somebody described the characters in it as basically being Daniel Day Lewis as Alan Partridge uh, <laughs> Nikki Kripes as Alan Partridge's uh, girlfriend, I forget her name and uh, this Leslie Manville, who plays Daniel Lucy's sister in yeah. it, as being and Lynn. And it was basically Anne and Anne's girlfriend and Lynn. It was kind of like, yeah, that's pretty spot on, really. That,
0: that's how I felt. Just shot in a huge, beautiful house in London yeah. in, <laughs> instead yeah. of a caravan. Yeah,
5: it's, yeah. It, it's a fantastic film. I didn't expect it to be my film of the year, but I will always go back and watch that and feel gross at the end of it. Mm. Ryan?
4: Mission Impossible Fallout was my runner-up. Again, I think it is a resurgence in the action genre. It's nice to have a film which felt complete as an action movie. I think quite a lot of films recently, such as the last few Bond films, feels like there's been an element missing in it. An elephant. Mission Mission
0: Impossible
7: (laughs) 7. Protocol. Mission
3: Impossible versus Dumbo. (laughs) I just want James Bond. I love it. (laughs) I just want James Bond riding an elephant. Yeah, I was going to say, like, an elephant would improve most of James
7: Bond. I'm
4: sure they've probably done that at some point in the Roger Moore era. I think he did in Octopus actually, if you
2: think about it. There is a circus in that film, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Is Roger Moore his genuine name? Was that a stage (laughs) name? No, I I think Roger Moore is a stage name.
4: It's a great stage. And it's on
6: his CV. Yeah. <laughs> and what was your main pick of the oh, year?
4: Somebody had to pick it, didn't they? Avengers Infinity War. It's the Let's col- dive in. It's the culmination of ten years of Marvel since so back in 2008 with Iron Man. It's been building up and building up and building up and it's turned into this... It's one
5: big explosion. It's
4: been a juggernaut of a movie series and I think... The characters we picked up along the way have all been worthy entries into the Infinity War series. Falcon? Oh... I don't mind Falcon. I don't think Falcon's been more kind. You have got don't a Falcon in a downer,
2: downer
6: on Falcon, <laughs> haven't
4: you? Yes, but I think Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes, has been a brilliant addition. Yeah. Did you mean you mean Captain America's boyfriend? Yes. Yeah. Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Black Panther, oh, Ant Man. We've yeah. had some brilliant people added to this movie. Yeah,
5: but then you also had Falcon as well. Yeah. <laughs> Stop thinking I, of Falcon. I love the
6: parts of it that felt like Black Panther two. The fact yeah. that
5: we got
4: to go
6: back to Wakanda so so quickly and have yeah. so much of the action take place there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I've i only seen it once and I, I, I want to sort of leave it a while before I see it again because yeah. it, it's like a three-hour just onslaught. But I did love some of the major set pieces, like the really, really fun, like how they made the attack on New York funny yeah. by having um, Tony Stark being like, oh yeah, we're off to find a wizard. do embarrass a, me yeah, the yeah, <laughs> We're off to steal a necklace off a wizard and, and then, yeah, any scene with um, Peter Parker, my yeah. precious baby. Um, just yeah, it, it was so much fun until it wasn't, and, and then it was traumatic. <laughs> and to
4: me, it's hats off to the Ruzzos to pull together a film with so many different threads and be able to have something coherent. And a million characters, and you've got all these different versions of the Marvel Universe. We've had the gods of the galaxy have been so spacey. We've had Thor, Ragnarok, Taika Waitiki bringing in those two universes quite well together towards mm. the end of that.
3: I just love the fact that in such a short space of time we're introduced to the wonders of Wakanda and we learn to love it just to then have it just ripped away from us oh, I can't, so, I can't like, talk brutally about it like
2: that. I think for me what made Avengers Infinity War great as well was not just the film it yeah. was the it was, as, as Guy likes, he likes, the, he likes the cinema experience so I go to my local <laughs> uh, what I go was to the my, best cinema experience of 2018? <laughs> I go to my local independent cinema which has still got the awning out the front. Yeah, And um, we went to see uh, Infinity War on the opening night. And it's the first time in about 30 years that there was a queue around the block. And everybody in that audience was super excited to be seeing this film Falcon. when it opened. <laughs> <laughs> and it was that, that buzz of yeah. like, oh, it's a, it's, this is an event movie, we want to see it. And also as well the fact that I was in there with a crowd of people and the fact that they've, they've cast these characters so well the, I, mean, the, I can't the, imagine
4: somebody else. Other the than fifty Chris Evans. or sixty
2: teenage yeah. girls that were in there that were in absolute bits when Tom Holland yeah. appears towards the end and and delivers his immortal lines Mr. of "I Stark, don't want to go, don't do it, <laughs> I don't feel so good." No, I mean people were in tears. I've not been in a cinema for a long time where people have reacted so emotionally to something. And, and
4: the thing we forget is because we're a little bit, we we're, we're not, we're not teenagers so you got to Hang think on, about
0: uh, one, of us <laughs> one of us is <laughs> <laughs> no, we've
4: got to remember that some people have had this growing up for ten years they've been like ages eight nine when they probably went to see Iron Man yeah it's like the had... Harry Potter
0: journey for some yeah, people it's, isn't it it is yeah. like
4: the modern version of the Harry Potter journey or the Star Wars journey or those kind of things where we seem to forget
6: yeah. it a little bit because we've got more of a we've got more We're jaded and old aren't we it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's been a part of their lives for so long and these characters
5: mean so much to them yeah I'm gonna throw some negativity here though like i I really enjoyed it. don't get me wrong it was but at the same time I thought it was too it was like it was like too quick chucking everything out at you but, but
6: I, 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 I agree I there was no real actual character development at all no. in this movie, because everyone had about two lines of dialogue each because there wasn't time frame um, more time I would have Falcon. liked just a few more scenes where the characters actually got to interrupt the characters who were meeting each other for the first time. Like, when, um, yeah. when Drax calls him the... What is it? Like, it's like a pirate and an angel had a baby or something yeah. like that. <laughs> like, so a bit more humour and also just, like, a bit more of, like, where there's scenes where it's, like, it's safe to breathe. But
3: nobody had character development. Um, Thanos. His daughters. Yeah. Okay, that's about it, but... but- Again. Yeah, that wasn't
6: that wasn't really character development, though. It was telegraphed from the very beginning that he was going to do what he did. There was never any doubt. Well, they tried to make it like, oh, he's actually a big softie. It's like, mm, no, he's not. Nah. She's his daughter because he murdered her entire family. He he has a point, and that's what some people get from him. Oh, it. hell yeah, he has a point. Oh, my mm. God. Like What's This is part? like... It, I feel like it's trendy now to be like, oh, yeah, the villain was actually right, and it's like... Um, Oh, oh, okay, what, genocide? What?
1: Okay.
6: I'm not
4: saying the method that he has, but he has...
6: It's a giant, big, purple man with a scrotum (laughs) on his chin. I'm not taking it seriously. I don't want to have a philosophical discussion about whether Thanos was right. It was just a fun three hours.
5: Well said. Does anybody feel like there's no high stakes, really,
6: at the end of this? Because the minute it all happens, you're like, well, this is the first of two movies. And also also with the stinger at the post-credits scene, you're like, right, well, this is all going to get undone. So it, it... felt cheap because yeah. it's like the snapshot is just going to get completely undone it's
5: not like it's not like a, set, a finale of a TV series where you're like I genuinely don't know what's going to happen next series yeah. it is like well you know what's going to happen it's well, like it's like how um,
6: when Buffy died at the end of season 5 mm. but you know it's been renewed for season 6 yeah. so it's like but, <laughs> you see that gravest- that gravestone but it doesn't mean anything you've
4: got to remember this is the first half of what is re- actually a 6 hour movie exactly which yeah. is why
6: the ending feels like oh it doesn't matter <laughs>
4: But my, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but the way I enjoyed the film was, as I said, it's taking ten years' worth of backstory and character development, and hats off to the Russos. They pulled it off quite well.
6: I did think it was quite funny when people were like, I went into that movie and I didn't know what was going on. It's like, if you if you haven't been yeah. watching all the other films, what, why are you taking <laughs> why up that valuable seat in the cinema? Yeah. you know This isn't for you.
4: <laughs> but I think I couldn't have probably asked for a better version of what we actually got into
5: same. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think we're just going to be sat here again this time next year, same, same discussion, aren't we? About Endgame. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Time to talk TV and streaming shows. We're, we're an inclusive show. We, we treat Netflix and Amazon and their online t- series It's inclusive into the TV room.
5: What a what a what a twenty nineteen phrase that is. <laughs> Very
4: magnanimous. Office. So, my runner up is actually going to be Castlevania on Netflix, which again, very short series, brilliantly animated, brilliant voice work. Really recommend you to check it out. My TV show of the year is actually going to be Final Space, which again is another Netflix animated series, but it's, it's more of an adultish tone to this. I wouldn't say it's an adult cartoon. It's got more of an adultish tone. It's it's, it's in the vein of like Rick and Morty style.
6: It's not quite BoJack Horseman.
4: No, it has some dark moments in it.
6: It made me cry. Yeah, it's it's just super good. It's just so good. It's so good.
4: It's a it's a really nice blend of comedy, drama, and. As you said, the deep, dark, depressing moments that you have yeah. in it a little bit. I mean, who thought the story of a cat person and his son would be <sighs> such a touching story?
6: Did anyone else fancy the talking cat, or was that just me? <laughs> that just, just you. <laughs> <laughs> Ava, Ava, avocado had yes. BDE. Well, I just think it was very, very
4: well-voiced cast. I... There wasn't seem to be a bad episode in the entire bunch. It was a nice short run series,
6: and it was serialized, um, which was I, I, I yeah. really enjoyed the story that they, they told.
4: Um, yeah, I mean, I love the little vignettes at the start of each episode, which is basically the very last episode where you get just five or six seconds of what's coming up with no actual backstory of what's happened. Yeah, but I I, I really do appreciate it. I really do say to check that one out, guy.
5: Uh, okay, so last year I had the behemoth that was Twin Peaks, so like, there was no way anything was ever going to compare to Twin Peaks.
2: I just need to stop you there because you've said it before, and I, I just need to see whether it's just me. Can you just say that word that the word for the big thing that you're describing? Behemoth. Isn't isn't it behemoth? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, there's behemoth as well. Isn't there? Behemoth. I swear, there's <laughs> behemoth as well. <laughs>
3: No, that, I, that, I that, say that's
4: Mark. that's a Michael Bay film that's just been released.
3: <laughs> that is a Callan thing to say, <laughs>
5: guys. Right, so I've just been compared to Callan, so my, oh, year, no. my year has just hit an all-time. Get back auto. from that. <laughs> um, so last year, this this series started last year, and I would have picked it as my series of the year had Twin Peaks. The behemoth <laughs> <laughs> of Twin Peaks hadn't been around. Um, but I've, this year I picked The Juice, which moved into its second series. Moving past the Franco situation, he's in it. I'm aware of his misdeeds. He's a great character in the show, but the show itself is superb. I feel it's like the best representation of the 70s porn industry that's ever been put on on screen. I know. Obviously <laughs> Along so with all really the other really representations. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, there's obviously there's obviously Boogie Nights, but I feel like this is more accurate of what was going on. Guys, like,
6: I feel seen. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it, it's it's a fantastic. TV show, I love it, and a great grip by each week. There's no, it's not... It's not cliffhanger television, but you just get sucked into this world. You get is, is, phrasing, yeah.
4: <laughs> you um. Is it your typical HBO show basically? Yeah,
5: I mean, if you've ever seen The Wire or anything David Simon's done, you know what it's like. It's a bit gritty. You know, people are in in rubbish situations with their lives, so they've had to resort to it with drugs, porn, crime, murder, drugs. That. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know. Why every weekend, it's you know, it's, it's, you, you see those lifestyles, but the characters are likable. You know, you, you get these likable people crop out of these situations. And you just get drawn into the story. I mean, like even the pimps in it, yeah, they're nasty, horrible people, but they they are presented in a way that when you see a scene with them and they're all talking, you you just engage with it. You're like really involved with what they're saying. But I just feel like because it's only going to be three series, so next year it's going to end, end in the '80s. It's moving through the decades. I'm just getting a good look at this time period, and I feel like this was like I think it was the 1977. The series that this is the this is the high point now of pornography being released in cinemas. At the time I, it's, it's just done wow i didn't
3: know pornography had a high point that's news to me did you say that the pimps in the film were like nice and relatable they like that, that sounded like, like what i mean dre- dre- dress sense wise yes callum <laughs> <laughs> like the
5: the the, pimp, the things like even the nasty characters you you somewhat find some kind of middle ground with them like you you like what they're doing that's good writing uh, isn't yeah, it isn't yeah. It's, yeah it's you get involved with their storylines you know there's one character called Larry Brown who he was, he was a bit of a git in series one but his journey in series two is actually moved away from the pimping into porn and that's fa- <laughs> been a fascinating journey character progression he, there he yeah. to a sideways career. him <laughs> but there's well, it's a, quite a promotion there's also issues about like women in the porn industry because there's Maggie Gyllenhaal's character who makes it as a director in the porn industry and people are against her being a director uh, Larry Brown himself um, you know because he's a black man he doesn't want he, people don't want him in the film because they don't think they're going to sell it this time so there's all these issues about feminism and racism which are high-pointed in the series. It's um, it's a fantastic watch, and I don't think enough people are on board with it, and I, I love it. Um, again, Franco aside, it's a great television show, and I think people should be watching it. Phil, you don't seem convinced because... A... No, 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 this is
6: just my listening face. <laughs> <laughs> I was
5: thinking, I mentioned Franco. <laughs> Graham? Um,
0: right, so both my...
5: My runner-up, sorry. I'm going you. Uh, did you not? Yeah. No, um, oh, throw in your runner-up then. Inside number nine, the Halloween special. Oh, yes. That was just <laughs> We've already super, talked about it. Go back and listen. Superb television. Yeah. Yep. Wonderful.
1: Great.
0: Uh, so, yeah, my both my picks, my runner-up and winner, are both uh, season twos of shows. So, my runner-up was the second season of Glow on Netflix. Oh, yes. Yes. So good. How good is Glow? I mean, the first season was amazing, um, but the second season just gave us Way more character depth. They really took some chances with how they filmed certain episodes. Um, The cast is brilliant. Alison Brie, uh, it's great to see her doing serious stuff because most people are familiar with Alison Brie from things like Community and Mad Men, where she played a kind of young, naive, kind of almost ditzy character. But um, she's she's got some weight in this particular character. It's brilliant. And you've got uh, Mark Maron as well. Uh, the director of the show it's, it's its just a great show love Glow um, so that was my runner up uh, my, my winner for the year was the second season of Atlanta um, oh, don't
5: give me any spoilers I haven't watched it yet
0: oh right okay uh, again first season was very very strong uh, it's Donald Glover's uh, vehicle uh, that he's well he's going to be taking over the world it's quite soon,
4: interesting you picked two community alumni in this actually yeah, oh, I, yeah I just made that link
0: that's a good point but, um, yeah, Donald Glover is basically taking over the world. He's uh, The man's a genius and can pretty much creatively do no wrong in my eyes. And the second season of Atlanta, again, just went deeper, took chances. Um, some of them are genuinely ups- upsetting and unsettling. There's an episode called Teddy Perkins. Oh, I've heard about that one. Oh. It's, yeah, worryingly, worryingly bad. It's it's scary. Um, there is an episode called Barbershop, which is again
2: brilliant it just takes creative chances with the episodes which i love what i like about it as well is that even though it's uh, a donald glover vehicle he, he doesn't he's not front and center all the time all of the other interesting characters that fill out that world get equal opportunity and so mr glover's hardly in it really for a lot of the time and then yeah he makes kind of it doesn't you know, feel like a vanity stuff. project at all he does know, it no it's, it's a real good
5: ensemble piece it really is I have to add, has anybody seen Sorry to Bother You, the film that's not yet? Oh, no, no.
6: Lakeith, what's his name? Feels, is in it, in yes. the, this yeah. feels
5: like an extended episode of Atlanta. And I think if people like Atlanta, then that is a film to go and watch because it, it, it feels old. the um, that same vibe. Um,
2: uh, yeah, I think if you go to see Sorry to Bother You based on the marketing you've already seen, you will get a rug pull. Towards, oh, yeah, towards yeah. the end of towards the end like because rug we pull.
4: talked about the trailer months ago and it's yeah. taken such a long but time. It's, it's to get had over a lot of
2: distribution problems outside of the US yeah. uh, so we're only just getting it mm. kind of in the next couple of uh, well in, uh, round about now we should be, mm. should be on the cinemas but um, it's I, definitely I worth think, going to see I say. think all the
0: cast of Atlanta are going to go on to massive things I mean you've got oh, yeah. Brian Torres-Henry who's popped up in Widows Lakeith Stanfield who's in Sorry to Bother You you got Zazie Betts who's doing Dead, amazing Dead things Deadpool this year
1: she did yeah. Yeah. and
0: as I say Donald Glover's taken over the world and more power to him it's amazing stuff can't wait to see what he
3: does next Callum? Um Well, I'm quite happy with mine because they've both been recommissioned for a second series, so fantastic next year as well. Um, my runner up, and um, we've gushed about this on the show before. <laughs> gushed. <laughs> no, as in, like, of how great it was. Like. <laughs> Alright, children. What, what was your runner up, Callum? Killing Eve. Um, so good.
6: So good. So, so good.
3: So, so good. Um, and my first place was actually another BBC show, and that was Bodyguard. Um,
4: Is that with him from Game of Thrones?
3: That bloke off of Game of Thrones, yes. Yes, it's the bloke <laughs> off Game of Thrones. I can't <laughs> even remember his name. That's <laughs> the bloke off Game Madden. of... Richard yeah.
6: Yes. He was one of the Starkids. Richard... He was the hottest Starkid. Jon Snow's got nothing on him.
3: <laughs> Richard Madden... It's be... controversial. Is it Madden or Marden?
6: Madden. Madden.
3: Richard Madden being... Miserable for six hours, and it's fantastic. <laughs> um, no, and it's fantastically well acted. Um, Richard's fantastic, Gina McKay uh, McKee is fantastic, and Angie, I'm gonna butcher her name, Angie Mahindra is fantastic. If <laughs> she is amazing, and she's amazing. The <laughs> there is so many like twists and Unexpected moments in the, throughout the series. It's just it, fantastic. It's, a fantastic <laughs> it's fantastic. BBC
4: are producing solid dramas again, which is the a BBC nice thing has to see.
3: Had a fantastic year for drama, and they have yeah. absolutely smashed it.
4: Which is because they had a big lull after Luther finished, I think, mm. and then it's been mm. quite a long time for them to yeah recover from the success that Luther was yeah and uh, but even stuff like Ho- Sherlock Holmes the last couple of seasons didn't really hit the mark I think as no. what was expected and it's also nice to see that we're getting Luther back as a New Year's special
6: I mean I'm just more excited to see Alice than than actual Luther yeah. just because Ruth Wilson is so so creepy she that that show, she's she? brilliant yeah. yeah she did
4: Phil your two shows
6: Um, so my runner up was going to be Killing Eve um, but as as we've already mentioned that I'm going to say my runner up is American Horror Story Apocalypse which is the latest season that aired because oh
5: my god you might be the only person I think who watched that (laughs) so
6: it was introduced as this um, sort of uh, people living in a bunker because there's been like a nuclear fallout Um, But three episodes in, they pull the rug out from under you. They're like, actually, guys, this is just Coven Season 2. Here are all your favourite actresses being witches. And then there's this guy playing the Antichrist. It's inspired a little bit by some 70s horror. It's very much like The Omen. Is Sarah Paulson in it? Sarah man? Paulson is playing like four different characters. Um, it, 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 it was just good, silly fun. I, so that's my runner-up. I think that's Ryan Murphy's future version. It's just yeah.
4: Sarah Paulson playing every role in the series. Basically, like, yeah.
5: I couldn't watch it. Like I watched the last of Us American Horror Story, I couldn't watch that because I felt like it was basically just Ryan Murphy smacking onto a canvas, he, to be it's, with it's, you. it's
6: Ryan Murphy writing Ryan Murphy fan fiction. Right. <laughs> um, and then my main favourite TV event of the year was the Sensate feature length finale on Netflix um, I feel like I'm one of the few people that was made for because it just did. I think it had, a, it had a loyal fan base but it cost so much to make because it was filmed across I think every continent um, but it was absolutely um, giving the oh. viewers the ending to that story that they wanted where they kind of got the whole plot over with fairly quickly and then you just got to spend two hours with these characters that you've grown to love over the last couple of years um, it's the queerest show I've ever ever seen. Um, everyone in it is just so wonderful and good looking, uh, well, and was it was just a lot I'm, of fun.
4: Oh, I was quite hesitant with the characters moving to TV. I think that's, it works for them. I because think it gives them a, really... a
6: longer, a longer sort of running yeah. time to kind of work out all their ideas because they're, yeah. you know, they, they are, they were the Ryan Murphy of the day, and that they would throw everything at the wall and see what works. Yeah. Um, but yeah it was, it was just absolutely um, brilliant and the, the actors in it are all fantastic and will all go on to, to amazing things Mr
2: Bloomfield you're up um, so my runner up has already been somebody's favourite um, but I'm picking, I'm picking Final Space uh, as my runner up just because it was, it, was <laughs> a, it was a great show it was a great show disguised as a cartoon but it yeah. was a show about loneliness and the importance of friends and family
4: I mean, if they tried to make that live action, you know that would have been like the cheapest budget thing ever, and I think animation was the right choice for that.
2: Yeah, it. Yeah, it had lots of things to say, but did it in a way that wasn't heavy-handed or um, kind of too right. much. It was,
4: as you mentioned, I think I felt empathy with every single character in it.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was. It was one of those things that you kind of identified with all of those characters and, and the, the the traumas that they suffered. Yeah. Um, so I think it kind of uh, it was. It was a great, great um, series, and I, I recommend people get out there and. and it on Netflix, and not just think it's some piece of trashy cartoon trying to rip off Rick and Morty. I think yeah. it's actually it's actually superior to Rick and Morty in a lot of ways. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot, but I'm going to pick as my TV choice of the year a second season, uh, which for me is uh, it, I think I picked it as my favorite of last year as well. <laughs> think um, you did? It's Legion. No spoilers. No spoilers. Yes. Uh, which is it is again. <laughs> just some of the most outstanding telly i've seen not just this year but forever it's a it's a show that just goes from strength to strength in its conviction of telling a, a very bizarre fractured broken story about bizarre fractured broken people uh, and i love every second of it it's absolutely exquisitely shot beautifully it's... acted by everybody in it the music usage is fantastic
4: I think the joy of it is it's something different from the Marvel cookie cutters TV series we've had Yeah, I mean,
2: the the best thing about it is, is for me, it's the most comic book of all comic book uh, things that have ever been put on screen Hmm. um, because it really buys into this whole aesthetic and world and um, uh, of of all the, because Legion himself is a character from the X-Men universe uh, but it's so much more than that. It is just a great piece of television that has got an awful lot to say about Stuff and Parks and Rec, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza is in there, yeah. Dan Stevens does yeah. a, a fantastic job uh, as um, Mr. Hayter and it's just you know they allude to the wider Marvel universe or the wider X Men universe in there, but don't play it too heavy handed. And when you're thinking about you've got shows like The Gifted and Runaways uh, and other stuff like that, it's and head room, and yeah. shoulders above all of them. Uh, you know, it's an adult show as well, it's not. Something that you know, if you're 12, you should be watching. Yeah. But for me, it's it's people talk about Game of Thrones, Westworld, and all this. For me, this show is head and shoulders above those.
3: Cool. I'm just sad I can't watch it because I'm not 12. (laughs)
7: Lee to finish off Okay, So I haven't actually watched a lot of TV shows this year So what I'm putting forward is pretty much Identical to the recommendations I put forward A few weeks ago Um, I'm siding with um, Ryan on the runner up uh, For Castlevania uh, For all the same reasons that he said Um, But my show of the year Was um, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina um, Which Now I've watched the full season of it um, Just got better and better as it went on. I feel like pretty much all the performances just made the char- rounded the characters out even more than the first impressions I got of them and it just told the story that ramped up and up that I just got glued to so no,
4: I'm not watching any of it is the cat talking yet?
7: no he's not <sighs> there is an entire conversation be- for Salem. <laughs> <laughs> there is an entire conversation between Sabrina and Salem where Salem communicates entirely in meowing.
6: It's very, like, lassie. Like, she, yeah. she can understand him. Yeah. Yeah.
7: But the only problem with that scene is that I could just picture someone editing in lines from the 90s show yeah. over the meows. Guess what I'm doing when I get back?
6: <laughs> but they, they did introduce a new character, Cousin Ambrose, who kind yes. of fills that Salem role of yes, being the sassy kind of guy commenting from the yeah. sidelines.
7: Yeah, and he kind of fills the role as well of kind of acting as a sort of third advisor. Yeah. as well because Salem did fill that role just in a more sassy way than the aunt. Yeah. and he does the same thing and he, yeah. feels like, he feels like a bit more of a rounded character as well absolutely because yeah. yeah.
4: so they're doing this as kind of a Riverdale shared universe yes
6: yeah. yeah, so there's there's going to be a crossover at some point although Adventures of Sabrina is on Netflix and that that Riverdale's on the CW but it's yeah. the same showrunner I think it's a lot of the same writers um, mm-hmm. and they've gone for the same vibe where it's like this yeah. is a teen show but it's just utterly bonkers
7: mhm it's like taking the 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 old Archie comics, flipping it on its head, and yeah, like, what, making it what more Archie adult, yeah. was sexy. What if yeah. Sabrina was a Satanist? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's kind of what's what I really liked about it is it took what was this sort of very campy, silly concept with the you know the old Sabrina, and made it really dark and just brought in you know the satanic elements and just it just adds this new layer to it. And I eventually just like. Stopped caring that the cat wasn't talking, which, is, which was kind of the, the barometer of the quality. <laughs> Sabrina, Black Mirror Edition. Yeah.
5: Basically, yeah.
4: Cool. So, to recap, TV show of the year for me was Final Space.
5: Guy? Uh, the Juice. Graham? Season 2
4: of Atlanta.
7: Callum? Bodyguard. Phil?
4: Sensate. Keith? Legion. And Lee?
7: The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina.
4: Or worthy recommendations. If you've missed any of them, we do recommend you check them out. Next part of our review of the year, we're going to get into slightly our specialist-ish subjects. So, Phil, you've picked out three books of the year for us.
6: Yes. So, my first pick, um, I've spoken about this on the show before. It's one of my favourite books of the year. It's The Psychology of Time Travel by Kate Mascarenas. Um, Mm. So, this is a locked room merger mystery set in a world in which time travel is possible. Um, but it's also um, just a really interesting book about what time travel would do to us as a society. Um, It's sort of set in 1967, four female scientists work together to build the world's first time machine, and then it cuts to present day and it sort of flits between the two time periods and shows what these women have become and it basically shows how when you're a time traveler you become a bit of a sociopath because <laughs> you live this life entirely separate from everybody else where you begin to look at other people differently because you can look at someone and know exactly when they're going to die or you can look at someone and 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 know you know what's going to happen to them and so it, it, they all kind of get a bit of a god complex Um, It's also a really interesting uh, meditation on inherited trauma as um, we meet a couple of different generations of time travellers within within the same family. It's a really well-written, intricate book in which everything is connected and I would really highly recommend it. Uh, My next recommendation is Record of a Space-Born Few by Becky Chambers. So this is the third in her Wayfarers series which started with The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet um, a couple of years ago. So this is really great space opera every novel follows a couple of different characters in this sort of ex- extended universe that she's created it's a little bit star trek uh, it's a little bit firefly so if you if you're a fan of, of that sort of stuff then you'll you'll really like this she writes great characters um written with real heart and, and and warmth to them um and then my final pick of the year i'm not sure if this came out this year but this is the year that i've heard this being recommended a lot this is Space Opera by Catherine M. Valenti, and the concept of this is basically what if Eurovision was in space? Wow! Song. So it's <laughs> it's basically an intergalactic song contest in this sort of Federation of Planets kind of st- uh, style um, organization, uh, and every planet um, does like a, uh, their own entry.
0: Does the Deva from Fifth Element win?
6: I, uh, you know what? Uh, I mean, you'll have to read it to find out. But but basically, that was what got me to read the book. I was like, what if the entire Book was just like that scene. Yeah, one of my favorite bits of the film. I think who we if, would send, and it probably would be Ed Sheeran, wouldn't it?
5: If I, um, <laughs> Beyonce,
3: if I don't like Eurovision, would I still enjoy it?
6: I mean, do you like aliens and and yes. spaceships? Then, then you might. Yeah,
3: okay, cool,
6: cool. So that's space opera, record of a space born few, and the psychology of time travel.
4: Awesome. Right, I'm going to go slightly different. I'm going to go with Tech Trends of the Year. Three things that have happened in technology, which changed the market a little bit. The first one is the phone notch. The ubiquitous phone notch.
5: What's the phone notch?
4: So, most people have a chin and a forehead on their phone, which is the the bars at the top. Whereas...
0: Everyone reaches for their phones.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Whereas the iPhone X... Yeah, um, brought the notch yeah. in which is where the screen goes up to the top of the phone with a bit sticking out for the camera, the speaker the face ID and everybody pretty much took the mick of it when Apple released it last year and now it's become a thing that every single phone seems to have this notch at the minute. Basically it's this new technology where people want phones just to be all screen now with no bevel, no bezels at all mm. So, it's how do we maximise screen space?
6: I'm surprised at how quickly I got used to having no home button yeah. and, and not having to use my thumb to open my phone. It's just, it scans your face now. We're living in the future, guys.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. But next year, apparently, the notch is going to be dead and it's going to be the hole. What? what? I, like
3: the, I like the hole a lot more than the notch. <laughs> <laughs> but say no more. Bye. Just leave that. Bye. So,
0: just leave that there.
4: We've now moved along where we're getting foldable phones coming next year, which is going to be very interesting. I had to see. a
6: folding phone in 2001. Yeah. One
3: with a Motorola screen on both Razor.
4: sides. A Motorola Razor, yeah. One I'm, with a screen on both sides.
3: I'm genuinely yeah. excited for foldable phones, just because it's like having a phone and a tablet all in one. It's yeah. just that extra. Just yeah, so it's
4: basically a phone like that's in going, A little bit like that in Uh There's underscreen fingerprint readers which a few models have come out with recently i think the latest version of the huawei or the honor has an underscreen fingerprint reader and basically they've done it so the ir sensors can now be hidden under the screen so the only bit that you can actually see under the screen in the future will just be the camera there'll be a hole for it
3: i'm yet to see i'm yet to like actually try out like an underscreen like fingerprint, fingerprint reader, reader so i don't know how well they work yeah apparently but... they
4: are quite accurate surprisingly yeah. There's been quite a lot of tech. I mean, the Oppo Find X, which is a phone that I really still want, they went for a different thing where they have the pop, the, the camera pops up from the top of the phone with a face ID and then pops back down. It's a little mechanized. thing. I feel thing. like
3: as someone who drops their phone quite a lot, that camera bit would just... Break Snap
4: off, off yeah. 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 Well, they apparently ran it, and it can do it at least a hundred thousand pop-ups, and it's really smooth movement. But knowing you, yes, you would break it. I just well, that would be the first thing it. that
3: breaks on the phone,
4: wouldn't yeah. it? Uh, my second thing was the
3: you've forgotten that, right? <laughs> no,
4: <laughs> dramatic pausing. Thank you very much. The decline of Intel. So, mm. Intel make. Pretty much everything that's not a phone mm. CPU, most computers have been running Intel CPUs, and they've had such a market lead for about ten years now. They've become ubiquitous. They got really lazy. They've had no real significant upgrades in their technology for the last four to five years, and then AMD come back out the gate with Ryzen, which is their latest version of processors, which is basically lots and lots of little processors cellar taped together. Is how they've done their technology, which
0: with actual celatine.
4: No, no. Oh. It's I got, it's got something. <laughs> it's got something which is really geeky. It's now it's called HBM, which is high bandwidth memory, which is different to how we use normal RAM and cache. But, Until
0: I get quantum RAM, I'm not interested. <laughs> <laughs> but it's basically
4: Intel cannot move off the 14 nanometer process. They've been stuck on that for quite some time now. Uh, AMD have taken back quite a significant share of the. Processor market, so it's going to be interesting to go into 2019 with actually having two realistic players in the CPU market, which means we're going to get a lot more technological advancement now. Intel are forced to actually look at upgrading their processor. I on. feel
3: like discussing the details of CPUs is the peak geekiness that this podcast has <laughs> hit this year. There are many glazed eyes in the room. I must say, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's
4: it's actually quite interesting if you have kind of any if you've ever of built course. your own piece it's PC or something like that. It's it's for enthusiasts. It's mm-hmm. it's an interesting new development.
0: I'm, I'm just nodding along and pretending I understood anything you've just exactly said. the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's good. It's valuable content. I'm just, I yeah. just feel stupid now and <laughs> I'm so unintelligent what? honest, I've never what? used... what's a
6: computer <laughs> <laughs> honest, the,
4: my third tech trend of the year is OLED technology Yes, which is the new Beautiful. wallpaper TVs that people have seen I mentioned oh, one of yes, these, is my yes. geeky yeah. gift yeah. guide these are TVs which are under a centimetre thin which mm. basically can just stick to a wall Sony have already done one which is just all screen and there's no speakers on it and it uses the glass as a speaker really cool technology mm, to wow. see but OLED is going to be the thing next year I think we're going to get a lot on, lot more thinner displays it's the same technology that's going to be in foldable phones which means you can be able to fold screens up, uh, I've already seen tech demos where they've got newspapers which is just a bar at the bottom and they pull pulled the newspaper out, so we're going so to that's have sort of flexible f- screen. Flexible foldable so that means
0: your, your Wii remote will now bounce off it instead yes. of smashing it
3: excellent, imagine though if you could get a foldable phone that unfolds into a TV what an idiot! <laughs> no, that would be amazing.
4: But it is where technology is going. I mean, it's going to be more wearable
6: and foldable tech. Is something we'll see a lot more.
4: So eventually. you could
5: wear a television as a dress. <laughs> Yeah, amazing. Lady Gaga
0: will be doing it soon.
6: And guy would just be walking around in this like OLED sort of shift dress with just uh, like Susperia playing or something, uh, or oh, oh, uh, Mother, yes. just something something really gross, just like playing just on his torso no at all catalogue. times. Yeah. yeah.
3: Okay. I don't. I don't normally go on about the show, but could you imagine doing that as a reveal in Drag Race? Ah. Oh, okay. Fair. Fair. Yes. Fair point. Fair point. Uh, but, Wearable
6: TVs.
4: That's season eleven. Yeah, but my future pick is a lot more foldable and wearable screen technology next year. So keep your eyes peeled.
5: Awesome. They do a bit of fashion room cool. as well. Like. Yeah.
4: yeah. Mm. Guy, what are your three musical picks of the year?
5: Oh, right. so I've gotten a bit out of touch with music, so I'm starting to feel old, so I had to sort of look at, like... I don't follow new music as I used to, but occasionally pick up on a few good albums, so I started, like, listening to some of the things that come out this year, and uh, I've got three. I've found found three, three prime candidates for what I believe are the records of the year. Um... They're in no particular order, but first one is Bon Voyage, which is the second album by uh, Lady M- Melody's Echo Chamber. Uh, Melody Prochet is her name. She's a French artist. Um, mm-hmm. she, Trust you to go with it. She, uh, <laughs> she, she she took ages to release the second album. The first one was out in like two thousand and twelve, I think. Is it all in French? No, kind It's not all mm-hmm. in French because like not everybody who comes from France
3: just speaks number of France French. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, we have a lot of like Spanish and like foreign language music now we more
4: accepting just because you've really. listened to despacito <laughs> multiple
3: times
7: doesn't mean you know anything about spanish music yeah ever. the key part there was we have foreign language music now <laughs> <laughs> as if it hadn't existed before
5: so um, she uh, she took an ages to release the second album because she suffered a brain aneurysm and a broken vertebrae. I mean, that's a, that's a hell of an accident. Wow. Um, but it's, it's, a, it's an album of psychedelic weirdness. Uh, it goes across many different genres, and it, it's a trip, but it's just really nice. It's what you expect of sort of, um, if you like Tame Impala, you get know, that sort of vibe from it, but it's, uh, it's a good record. It's worth checking out. It's got an awesome album cover, which looks like a... Um, it, it's,
4: it's, it's, a, it's a disrobed lady. Pretty yeah,
5: really. pretty much. Uh, second album I'm going for, there seems to be a resurgence in British guitar music again, which is quite nice. Um, I'm going to go for a debut album by a band called Shame. This was released in January of this year, and this is just this is just feels fresh. It just feels new again. Like I got the vibes of the first Arctic Monkeys album from this group of lads. I think they're from... Um, I don't know where they're from. Actually, it doesn't say here. Um, but this group of five lads, you know, they're doing fresh, aggressive guitar music. It's a bit of a blockhead's vibe to it. What's the name of the album? Songs of Praise. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a and they're all holding like baby pigs on the front cover, which is adorable. Show me. Um, it's hard to see that in that Okay, picture, that but, is awesome
3: artwork. But that, that's um, cute, yeah.
5: It's a great album. You know, It's it's got the vibe of modern youth, you know, and how it is. Like, just, like I say, like that first Arctic Monkeys album. Um, yeah, it's a great record. I haven't heard something like that for a while, which is, I put it on and felt, like, you know, you've got people praising the 1975 release and releasing what they think is the best album of the year. And it's like, if you're praising trash like that and you're not paying attention to a band like this, I don't know what's wrong with the music industry. I like that album. Yeah, well, you're an idiot because they are the worst band in Britain. I I walked past a poster today and they said they are literally the band of the decade and it's like I, I don't, the 1970s. I don't, I don't <laughs> understand that okay they're not bad of a decade but they're all worse bands But they but they've made a trash album, album, album which basically tries to sound like every genre of music Going, they put a jazz song on there okay so what's it. your
6: third pick guy just moving swiftly yeah. on
5: before <laughs> <Which laughs> um, it turns into another
6: episode of White's Rubbish with
4: Guy Hale. I'm guessing
5: it's not 1975's new album no it's not in the uh, I picked up on this recently so this, is, this is great I feel like this is the band the country needs right now it's a band called Idols oh yes uh, oh. Oh. album is called Joy as a joy as an act of resistance. This is just aggressive, loud British punk music. It's wonderful. It's. It, I haven't heard anything like this for a while. It, honestly, for like the Brexit Britain that we've got at the moment, this is what this guy, these guys are talking about and um, talking about current political climate. And it's just in your face. It's just. It's what you want. You just want angry, loud music, which means something. It's fun. You want to put it on over and over. And you don't come across records like in bands like this that often they are. They're a breath of fresh air. Um, it is a great record. Honestly, I really recommend it. And their videos are very good as they well. They are. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like here, the, like, it says the album's lyrics deal with toxic masculinity, love, self-love, Callan, immigration, <laughs> and the Brexit and class. So, you know, it's it's good. It's a good record. Danny Nadelko um, is one of my favourite songs on that album. That's that is a, a great song. record. Yeah. Great track. But uh, yeah, go and listen to it. I mean, even if like maybe sort of punk, heavy punk music isn't your sort of thing, I think you'd like it. You you get something with it. Those are my three picks of the year. Cool.
1: To
4: recap, Phil, your three books of the year:
6: Record of a Spaceborn Few, um, Space Opera, and The Psychology of Time Travel.
4: My tech trends were the phone notch, the decline in Intel's market share, and flexible screens.
5: Uh, albums: Bon Voyage by Melody's Echo Chamber, Songs of Praise by Shame, and A Joy as an Act of Resistance from Idols. And definitely not the 1975s. We're a piece of crash, C- crash, trash, rubbish. I've rendered you in that water talk. Hasn't yeah. so, uh, uh, a brief history and an in inquiry into online relationships. Go to hell.
4: Time for some more selections from the team. Keith starting us off. Your three comics slash graphic novels of the year.
5: Four kids going to a bank, five kids going to a bank, six kids going to bank. Thanks, Keith, that was great. Yeah. <laughs>
2: there you go. Um, no, I'm picking uh, three comics that are, like, very personal choices, really. They may not be the greatest comics of the year, but they are certainly the comics that I've enjoyed reading the most.
3: Weren't well, they supposed to be the greatest comics
2: of the year? Yeah, but I haven't read everything, so this is my personal choice, what I'm enjoying a lot. Uh, I'm going to pick... Uh, first one is... The Wild Storm which is an ongoing series through DC at the moment uh, I think we're up to issue 18 now it's a limited run of 24 uh, it comes from writer Warren Ellis who people might know from things like Transmetropolitan The Authority and uh, Planetary uh, he's been joined on this series by uh, artist John Davies Hunt who's been doing some phenomenal work across the series very much influenced by uh, the kind of um, Dave Gibbons look in the um, Watchmen, but also by the widescreen stuff of Brian Hitch, so he's been mi- mixing this kind of nine-panel thing with big um, dual-panel landscapes.
4: Oh, Ice Comic Con as well. We've
2: met him several times, yeah. Um, so this this version of Wildstorm is following on from uh, the fact it was an imprint that was created by Jim Lee um, when Image first started. So it was very kind of. Uh, there was wild wild cats and storm watch and things like gen 13 and this kind of is an amalgamation of it Uh, so it's bounced around a couple of different publishers now it's been at DC for a while and this is basically just a reboot um, using characters from those stories but giving them a very um, modern contemporary uh, 21st century uh, makeover, Uh, it's been a slow burn series so things have been building up, there's the uh, uh, been antagonism between the various sides so it's kind of a sci-fi espionage thriller yeah um but it's been a thoroughly enjoyable read e- each episode kind of w- makes you want to go and read the the next in the series um and it's been great i've been really enjoying it the art looks fantastic the covers are great uh, and warren ellis is one of those writers that i just think uh is is He's great, he's yeah. done a lot of independent work He's, done work he's for more major of, publishers. from the bigger publishers Yeah, yeah he's doing. He's done some great work so uh, I'd highly recommend if you haven't already started that you get in uh, and start reading The Wild Storms Highly recommended um, My next pick is a complete series that's been uh, collected now so you can actually uh, pick it up from your local bookstore, Comic Emporium uh, and it's Exit Stage Left, The Snagglepuss Chronicles uh, I've mentioned it in the past uh, when it was being released as singles, um, so this is where kind of DC have been resurrecting Hanna Barbera properties. So they've done Scooby Doo, they've done uh, quite a different take on them. Though. Wacky Races, and basically Snagglepuss, people might remember as a slightly. Um,
4: Bit of a riff on the Pink Panther. No, well, he was a Pink
2: Mountain Lion, but he wasn't really the Pink Panther. He was a lot more kind of... His catchphrase was Heavens to Murgatroyd and Exit Stage Left and whatever it is. Uh, But basically, they've just re-envisioned him as a a Tennessee Williams-esque character in the 50s and 60s. So there's a lot of things in here about persecution and acceptance of uh, people and the whole McCarthyism uh, of the period. Uh, and it's going to—it's been—it's been a great read. It references a lot of real events and real locations. So there's, you know, they, it features scenes that happen in um, the Stonewall Inn that people might uh, know of, which was a, a kind of a, a gathering place for. Um, gay people in the kind of 60s and 70s, uh, 50s and 70s so it's riffing on this kind of persecution uh, that people were suffering at the time and kind of how it all happens and the denial of identity and it's quite an interesting read so it's taking a lot of really heavyweight subjects uh, but not trivializing it even though it's using a pink mountain line. so you've got real characters interacting with things like uh, Snagglepuss and uh, Huckleberry Hound and all the rest of it it's a great, great series. Uh, but my pick of the year, I'm going to go for uh, again. It's another one I've mentioned already uh, when it's been coming out in singles. Four um, kids walking to a bank. No. <laughs> oh. It's uh, it's written by one of the, one of Britain's best writers, who the I think who wrote Four Kids Go to a Bank. No. <laughs> but it's it's by an English writer who I think should be mentioned in the same breaths as people like Neil Gaiman and uh, Alan Moore. And that's Al Ewing, who's written some great books over the years. And he's kind of resurrected uh, the Hulk uh, a couple of years ago. He was assassinated by Hawkeye. Uh the writer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> But he's resurrected him as uh, the Immortal Hulk, which is kind of taking the Hulk back to his kind of EC comics type origins, so he's a yeah. very horror character now Yeah. Um, and it's really amping up this idea of what happens if uh, you cannot kill the Hulk and the fact that you might be able to kill Banner, but, but yeah. overnight yeah. the Hulk will return and continue to be this huge threat um, and they've done some really interesting stuff with him, there's uh, this Mostly, predominantly being drawn by a guy called Joe Bennett, but there have been some filling issues, which have been pretty good. Um, But there's been some great stories in there. Very recently, there was a whole couple of uh, um, issues where they've vivisected the Hulk and put him into numerous glass jars on shelves, but he's still able to talk to people. Uh, And it features one of the best splash pages I've seen uh, in a long time, Um, so it's well worth picking up. Uh, the use of the term splash page—I put something out of my head. What's a splash page? It's—it's <laughs> it's a big reveal. So the story builds up, and this is a, this is the this is the page that shows it's usually you a double sized Yeah, it's kind of like the big action sequence or the big kind of reveal moment of it. So it's kind of like a centerfold for, uh, for comics. Yeah, but it might not be in the center. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it hasn't got an extra page, and you haven't got to throw it under the bed when you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you
4: for your comic selections Keith. Lee, games of the year
7: Okay, Um, games This year I'm um, Going with some slightly less Obvious choices, apart from one of them Which snuck its way in um, At the last minute Uh, I was going to put Octopath Traveler as one of the the Games of the year, but At the time of recording I spent Most of yesterday playing Smash Brothers and that's kind of Just jumped in, unsurprisingly Um, So that one is One of my games of the year but the other two uh, are smaller indie titles. Um one of them is Celeste, which came out towards the beginning of the year. It is a um sort of twitch platformer, uh, sort of similar to like Super Meat Boy. You <laughs> play as this girl who What's Super Meat Boy? It's it's a, it's, it's a quite hard indie It's quite platform. difficult. Pl- yeah. yeah.
0: Super Meat oh, Boy I- is hard. <laughs> <laughs>
7: yeah. Let's use the word difficult. Anyway. <laughs> um <laughs> um yeah you you play this girl who's uh, climbing up this mountain um she's trying to i think she's trying to find a family member from what i remember it came out in january so it's been a while um but it's sort of it's every screen of that game is just its own sort of unique puzzle that you've got to navigate in uh, through this um this area um but the story of it touches on a lot of mental health issues as well and goes into A lot of detail about things like that. So that's a really interesting game. Um, And a more surprising one is uh, a game called... uh, Because I don't see a a lot of talk about this. It's a game called Yoku's Island Express. Which is a 2D platformer with pinball mechanics. Um, I played it at EGX originally in 2017. And it just surprised me of just how fun it was. Uh, You play Rather unusually, as a dung beetle who's rolling around this ball, and that's where the pinball mechanics come in. As Actually sounds quite adorable. Yeah, it is genuinely adorable. Um, adorable? Adorable, yes. Um, it is genuinely adorable. Um, the character designs are really good. and It's just a fun time, really. Um, yeah, I've tried, I, I, There are a lot of big games that just pass me by, because things like Spider-Man and Red Dead Redemption... I'm not really interested in cowboys or superheroes. Sorry, Keith. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so those sort of passed Switched me by. Key, look. <laughs> it's wiping away a single... So, piece. So that's, <laughs> yeah. But I kind of th- felt that these games were doing something a bit more interesting, a bit more unique, so that's why I chose them.
4: Interesting. Thank you very much.
7: Graham, what were your three movie posters
4: of the year? I gave you a really difficult character. to say,
0: yeah, let's address the fact that you gave me the task of describing... Posters <laughs> in an audio medium. I mean, you are the visual guy. No? I am the visual You're... guy. That's true.
4: You you have an eye for design, which is what I thought. And we've already gone through a raft of films, I thought. We so yeah, a bit done different a lot of stuff.
0: But yeah, I mean, poster design's a difficult one these days because like, people don't often design for billboards anymore. They design for screens or the sides of buses or Netflix thumbnails and things like that. But it hasn't stopped a few nice posters sort of slipping through. So I've picked the uh, poster for First Man, which I'm going to show you, this is that design there, which is just Ryan Gosling's face, so it's already a winner, (laughs) Um, and his helmet is made up with the moon, so it's very, very simple, from a graphic design point of view that's an obvious choice to make, to use the moon as part of the helmet, but it's effective and it works really well, and I think that's a I think that's a great poster. That's, that's a beautiful, I, I could see that hanging on a wall. That's a beautiful Yeah, you know poster.
3: exactly what that is about from seeing that Exactly, poster. it's done its job, mm-hmm. hasn't it? It's communicated the idea of the film. The only thing wrong with it is that it's... Who was it again? It's Ryan Gosling. There's nothing wrong with Ryan Gosling. It's Ryan Gosling's face. That's what's wrong with it. I'm sorry, when you look like you, you can't (laughs) complain about Ryan Gosling's face. I at least have some emotions.
2: I'm fully on board with that poster. It's it's Ryan Gosling and the vacuum of (laughs) space. When did this turn into
7: a Ryan Gosling pylon?
0: He's a very talented young man. Leave him alone. Right, um, the second one I chose was also just a person's face, but it couldn't be more different to Ryan Gosling's. Oh, yeah. So it's oh, that simple yeah. yes. poster for Halloween. So it revealed the new mask, which is all gnarly and scratched. And yeah, it's
4: and, having that weathered effect gives it that yeah. real t- story.
0: And it's so simple again. The, the mask dominates the poster, so we've got the title right down the bottom in a very simple typeface. Not cluttered, not messy. It's just telling you this film is coming out and this guy is back. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's
4: not picture. 600 CGI'd hedge shoved onto a poster. <laughs> and no. it's
3: a much nicer face than Ryan Gosling's. Can we leave Ryan Gosling alone? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, and my final choice um, is uh, 600 people crammed <laughs> CGI'd onto a poster. <laughs> it's the Infinity War poster. <laughs> it's the Infinity War poster. Now, I think from a design point of view they actually managed something that we didn't think they could do we were all worried about cramming all these characters into a film and it's like the designers went well look we'll do it in the poster and prove we can pull it off and they did and they managed to get well I I think there's people on this poster who aren't in the film there's like DC characters and Teletubbies there's all kinds (laughs) of stuff but it's got a beautiful symmetry which appeals to me you've got uh, Iron Man in this kind of Jesus Christ pose Uh, all the supporting characters beneath him and then Thanos at the top of the frame sort of dominating uh, I think it's a nice poster it's
4: it, it communicates what it is doesn't yeah, it it's, it's
0: like every he, all Marvel these guys are here
5: and they're going to get this crap kicked out of them do, yeah. you, do you know what I don't like about that poster Falcon <laughs> 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 it doesn't, doesn't need to be on it. It, just keeps
4: but it's, just pointless. it it feels like a culmination poster it's, the, it's the everybody from the entire Marvel Universe of the MCU if you look close screen.
3: enough Hawkeye's probably there somewhere and
0: he that's, wasn't even in the movie yeah. that's what I mean he's, he's hiding in the background somewhere but I think yeah they did the best
2: they could with that. Uh, yeah. I think they did pull it off. Guy, I'd be pleased that yeah, earlier in the year, I was doing some, uh, I think it was awesome. some comic, comics talk, asked us on Facebook to redraw that poster, I and mean, it was gridded up. So for the Falcon, I replaced him with the Blue Falcon and Dynamut. Uh, and I put Korg in one of the bits, the squares down the bottom as well. So we we did, did fill that up with the other characters. I think Dennis the Menace ended up in it. And everything. good, well. beautiful,
5: good Brilliant. that someone was getting rid of Falcon. Ryan, I, I'm worried here because you've given the last feature of 2018 show to Callan. Whoa, who bring may, it home, Callan. Who may
3: have stuffed it up?
2: <laughs> no, no, no.
3: This is this is going to be
5: good, right. guys.
2: Callan, what
4: are your trends for 2018?
3: <laughs> okay. Now this is where it could all go wrong, because this this might not be what he means by trends, but I think these are trends. He he hasn't even got the brief sorted. (laughs) So, I said the continuing trend of having strong female characters, and the start of a rise in diversity, with films like Black Panther, Black Klansman, Crazy Rich Asians, as well as TV shows like Killing Eve, and finally, having a female Doctor. He got it wrong. It was. The, it, it was like what dumb trends have been online
5: this year, like crazes and fads. Oh, you like, like, actually like, said nice. Which I But think it is be actually quite actually carry is, on.
4: Yes, that is actually quite a nice trend to see in modern media is that people are finally being represented, and it's not just yeah. a churned out factory of the same people yeah. rotated into a different role.
3: And this is going to be sort of a theme throughout all of these. In that um, my second one is. What I've called audiences clapping back at Hollywood's bad films, unnecessary reboots, and unnecessary sequels. Oh, I just wanted to know what dog videos were funny this year.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> what are baby
4: pandas doing?
3: <laughs> How
4: many Fortnite dances have you learned?
3: <laughs> oh, explain yourself. So, Skyscraper flopped. Solo flopped. I know some of you guys like that. i wondering. Predator flopped. Sherlock, <laughs> Sherlock Gnomes flopped. Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> that surprised anybody. Sherlock Gnomes. I love that list
4: of film then. <laughs> Predator. Sherlock Gnomes. Sherlock Gnomes.
5: This feature flopped by the sound <laughs> of it.
6: Sherlock Gnomes is a film that could have been a tweet. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. thank you. Yeah. What of Sherlock, but small. It's literally hashtag Gnome a film. Yes.
5: That's <laughs> all it is, isn't uh, it? Yeah. Yeah. Can we all just address the fact that who said Sherlock right?
6: Yeah, I'm, I, 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 <laughs> is this, I don't have is the energy sure? for you coming for me right now, so I, I, I yeah, whatever. Is this like one
4: of your resolutions for the year?
3: 2018, you <laughs> spent some time in the mirror saying... My resolution is I don't
6: really want to be talking about that character anymore.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and last of all, the trend, they're not good, but they have potential. High budget Netflix films. So bright, I it came out... Technically 2017. But... Has
4: anybody actually watched that yet? Didn't
3: it die on its backside? That oh, I watched not. it. Yeah, but like, they're at least trying. Yeah. Like, as someone... Isn't this
4: why Wiki Will Smith has now set up a YouTube channel? Yeah. Exactly.
3: Nobody else <laughs> <laughs> as, as someone that doesn't have much time to go out to the cinema, it's sort of nice to be able to, like, that we're eventually going to get, like, these sort of. Middle of the not middle of the road, but you know what I mean of like not high high budget. Well, they'd like they did with the, Annihilation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say you example.
4: could have picked Annihilation. Which tell me,
3: Callum Cloverfield paradox. Tell me, Callum, what what are you doing, which
5: is so keeping you so busy that you can't go out and <laughs> spend time at the cinema? It's, I wonder so what trends true, yeah. is. What he's doing. <laughs>
1: oh.
4: <sighs> so that was your three trends. Yes. More diversity, more higher budget movies on Netflix.
3: Uh, Whether more high budget, more high budget content in terms of like streaming and like accessibility, rather than forking out to go to the cinema, um, and um, and kicking you back in your second one. unnecessary and, movies, and yes, well. and yes. crap movies, yeah.
4: Thank you for joining us for Geeky Brummy in twenty eighteen. Phil, where can we find you online?
6: You can find me on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Philip with one L, Ellis with two.
4: Keith, where
7: can we find you online?
2: That's at hardluck underscore hotel on Twitter's without E underscore uh, pretty much everywhere else.
7: Lee, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at the cheap Ferret.
2: Still love that. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Graham, where can we find you?
0: Uh, on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Jaws19show and also on Twitter at Jaws19 the number. Show.
1: Guy?
3: Vinyl Guy H, in Instagram. Callum? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bobardio. <laughs> <laughs> it never gets old. <laughs> I'm, jumping on, I'm jumping on it. Like you were, someone was going to make the joke. Babadio. Like, Babadio. You, you
1: could
6: always just change it.
1: <laughs> I could. He did? That's the problem. <laughs>
4: he changed it from Danes Radio, which pretty much described Callum Danes. He does radio. perfect. To Bobardio <laughs> Which now sounds like a twee character from uh, Enid Blyton for this <laughs> story. Bobardio was in his field, munching <laughs> his grass.
5: <laughs>
4: and you can find me...
5: Uh, trying on TVs as dresses in the January sale.
4: <laughs> at Ryan Parrish on Twitter. And you can find us all at Geeky Remy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and at geekybromeo.com. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, do all the usual. Tell us all your friends about our amazing show. And we look forward to hear, seeing you in 2019.
5: Please tweet us your Trends of 2018 funny videos, because Callum failed to get that right. So, as our listeners... Guy needs his panda yeah. videos. Yes. Send us dog videos to at Geeky that would be great.
7: I welcome otter videos.
3: <laughs> Otters too, yes. I reckon I like videos of small pics. Like the That's, ass. Ass. That's <laughs> a way to leave the year on. What a kick. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to support Geeky Brummy, you can help support us at ko-fi.com slash That's ko-fi.com slash brummy